Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, December 21st. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, Fed Week has turned out to be pretty eventful, huh? I've got a lot to cover today. Let's start with gold. The yellow metal climbed to its highest price in almost six months on Thursday and is holding pretty steady this morning in the 1260 range. It's been a really good December for gold, with a gain of about 3.4% to date. It's interesting that gold rose this week in the wake of the Fed's rate hike. It did fall initially after the announcement, but rebounded pretty quickly. Conventional wisdom is that gold is going to struggle in a higher interest rate environment. As I pointed out before, this is yet another case where it's not necessarily wise to follow the conventional wisdom. When rates are going up, that usually means inflation. And of course, inflation is good for gold. Gold is a hedge against inflation. But conventional wisdom aside, the yellow metal seems to be getting a boost from the stock market sell-off and worry about slowing economic growth. There's also a lot of geopolitical uncertainty out there right now that's creating a good safe haven bid for the yellow metal. We've got the possibility of a government shutdown this weekend. President Trump has said he won't sign a spending bill without funding for a border wall. The House passed such a bill, but most pundits don't think it will clear the Senate. We've also got more turmoil in the Trump administration. Secretary of Defense James Mad Dog Mattis resigned Thursday, apparently unhappy with the direction the president is moving. Trump announced he's pulling U.S. troops out of Syria, and he's reportedly talking about a serious drawdown in Afghanistan as well. But of course, the big news this week was the FOMC meeting. As expected, the Fed nudged interest rates up another 25 basis points. It also scaled back its projected rate hikes in 2019 from three down to two. Now, this wasn't really a surprise. What caught a lot of people off guard was the fact that even though Jerome Powell and company appear to be slowing their tightening pace, most analysts thought the Fed chair came off more hawkish than expected. Many analysts thought the Fed would signal a pause in 2019 or indicate that it was going to take a data-dependent approach. In other words, the markets thought the Fed would keep the monetary punch flowing in order to prop up the flagging stock markets. But Powell gave every indication that he plans to push ahead with tightening stock market be damned. And boy, the stock market sure does appear to be damned. It's kind of funny because in early October, I was having an inane Facebook debate with a guy who was talking up the Trump economy. He kept pointing to the stock market as proof of the president's success. I kind of wonder if that dude has checked his portfolio lately because I'm guessing it's not looking very good right now wonder what that says about the Trump economy. Anyway, the stock market reacted to the news that Daddy still plans to take the punch bowl away about how you would expect. The Dow Jones dropped 351.98 points on Wednesday and hit a new low for 2018. The sell-off from the high of the day to the low was nearly 900 points, so quite a swing. This piled onto what has already been a miserable month on Wall Street. It's been the worst December for the Dow since 1932. As Peter Schiff put it, if something is happening that hasn't happened since the beginning of the Great Depression, you know that it's rare, but also that it could be the warning sign of something ominous. 
Powell made two statements during his post-FOMC press conference that really put a fork in the stock market. First, Powell said the Fed would absolutely continue with quantitative tightening, i.e. shrinking its balance sheet. He said even if there were problems in the economy, it was going to depend on lowering interest rates, not QE. The wind-down is on autopilot, the Fed chair insisted. Secondly, Powell walked back his previous statements that interest rates were near neutral. He said what he really meant is that we're nearing the lower range of neutral. So basically, he keeps moving the bar back and forth depending on who knows whatever's going on in his head. At any rate, the sell-off continued on Thursday. The Dow shed another 464.06 points. Meanwhile, the Nasdaq officially dipped into bear territory. The tech-heavy index rallied off its interday low to close just a rounding error away from officially being in bear status. So it's not a bear officially for now. But the Nasdaq has lost nearly 20% of its value in just four months. Reuters called it the latest sign that the bull market that began in the depths of the financial crisis a decade ago could be coming to an end. That seems a little bit like an understatement, but you know that's Reuters. The Nasdaq is the first of the three major U.S. indices to fall into bear territory. The Dow Jones and the S&P 500 have lost about 15% from their respective highs. But several other segments of the market have already fallen to the bears. The Russell 2000 and the Dow Jones Transports both have lost more than 20% of their value in recent weeks. And although the S&P 500 remains above bear territory as a whole, more than half of its individual stocks are already in a bear market. Peter Schiff has been calling this a bear market since last spring's. In fact, in a podcast uh, back in March, I believe it was, he said, to me, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And this market is looking like, walking like, and quacking like a bear market. Now, even the mainstream talking heads on the business networks are starting to talk about bears. Earlier this week, Double Line Capital founder Jeffrey Gundlach spent an hour on CNBC insisting we are already in a bear market. He said, I'm pretty sure this is a bear market. I mean, people like this definition of 20% down as a bear market, but that's obviously very arbitrary. I've been around for over 35 years in this business, and I've seen a number of bear markets. And it's more about kind of how you lead into it, how it develops, and how the sentiment changes. And I think we pretty much had all the variables that characterize a bear market, end quote. Now, Gundlach really isn't a mainstream guy in the true sense of the word, but he does have a lot of respect, and his insistence that things aren't as good as people want to pretend has sparked broader discussions about a market downturn on the networks this week. Now, with NASDAQ flirting with the bear market status, that really has mainstream tongues wagging. Invesco chief market strategist Christina Hooper told Reuters the Nasdaq is like Icarus. Quote, it's flown too close to the sun and that it's had a bigger run up. It's gone up significantly more than the other major indices, and that has a lot to do with why it has fallen the most. Robert W. Baird, managing director of institutional sales, Michael Antonelli, likened the Nasdaq to a canary in the coal mine. He said when growth expectations change like they have radically over the past few months, the first place they're going to go is to the Nasdaq and absolutely slam it. Of course, all of the stock market indices have been pumped up with easy money for nearly a decade. As Peter Schiff pointed out in a recent podcast, that was the whole point 
of Federal Reserve monetary policy in the wake of the 2008 crash. He said, quote, the entire recovery was built on an asset bubble, intentionally, not even by accident. That was the intent of the policy, to inflate asset prices. So now that asset prices are deflating, if you know that the recovery was the result of asset prices going up, and now asset prices are collapsing, what does that tell you about the recovery? Obviously, the recovery is going to go away too. So go the asset markets. So goes the asset-based economy. And yet Powell and his minions at the Fed don't seem to get it at all. In fact, the Fed chair justified continuing on the tightening path, albeit at a slightly slower pace, because he remains wildly optimistic about the U.S. economy. It's almost bizarre because they are ignoring all of the data pointing to trouble. I've been talking about these data points on this podcast for weeks, so is Peter Schiff. And if nothing else, the stock market blowing up is a pretty good indicator, right? Peter brought this up on his podcast. In case Powell hasn't noticed, the stock market and the economy are pretty much joined at the hip. In fact, some people would say the stock market is kind of a leading indicator. And if they weren't there naturally, the Fed joined them with its monetary policy. Ben Bernanke explicitly said that the goal of quantitative easing was to push asset prices up. As a result, people would feel wealthier and spend more money. Therefore, they could borrow more money based on the increased value of their assets. This is all on purpose. So why is it such a surprise to so many people that asset prices are falling now that the money tap is being shut off? Now, I think at some point the Fed is just going to give in. It won't only stop tightening, it will lower rates back to zero. And despite Powell's promise, we're going to see more QE. That's the fork that the Fed knows. I just don't think the central bankers have the spine to actually let rates normalize and allow the economy to clean itself up. That's what needs to happen, but it's not going to happen. I think Peter is right. We're heading for a nasty downturn. We're heading for stagflation. There's not a whole lot we can do about it, except Be as prepared as we can. Now, one thing you can do is move some of your retirement savings into precious metals. You can actually have precious metals in your IRA. It's not as complicated as you might think. Our Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist can explain all of this and tell you how it works. Just give them a call at 1-888-GOLD-160. That's 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shipgold.com news. There's a lot of stuff there that I can't cover on the podcast. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links on the show notes page for both of those. And if you're listening on YouTube, please share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comments section. We always like to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you again next week. Oh, and have a very Merry Christmas.